is a um, uh, reason to keep it simple. Hey guys, welcome back to Unsustainable. This is episode 7. I'm Sean Cross. Today is the 20th of May 2021 and, and let's jump into this. So what I was alluding to right at the start there was the fact that I every time I add a new a new part to this, a new moving part to this podcast, be that better video, better audio, better lighting, something goes wrong and it just takes longer every time. And that's, it can get really, really annoying. And that's why ideally I want to keep things super, super simple. It's easier said than done when you want to try and improve it though, because in the long run, I've got to find this balance between whether I want it to look the best and whether I want it to be the easiest thing to do. And there's loads of different things that go into that. And and how do I how do I make something reliably, sustainably every you know, every single week or maybe more than that? So yeah, last week I added um, the audio interface to this. This week well, I didn't necessarily add anything, it's just trying to get the the better camera working so it records straight into the computer. It was just I don't know, it, for some reason it just wasn't working, it was just like, plug it in, it says this doesn't work. That's why, you know, sometimes I've used just the the webcam. I think as long as the audio sounds pretty decent, I think we're kind of safe for this being alright. Because for most most people, anyone listening as a podcast is gonna, it's gonna be fine. So the video part of it is kind of necessary, I think it's... It's a nice to have, but it doesn't have to look the best. I've, I went into detail on this in the last podcast. So let's, let's end that. Well, actually, first of all, I, I tried to open OBS and record through that. The audio wasn't syncing up with the video. Something weird was happening there. So I sacked that off. And in, in the spirit of keeping it simple, I decided to just use QuickTime again. I found that QuickTime is a pretty, pretty decent pretty decent way to record audio and video straight into the computer so it's really easy to edit it makes for well if you have it on high on maximum quality it makes for massive file sizes but if you have it on high seems to look all right i'm only doing these in hd it's gonna be fine you know for all three viewers three listeners whatever it is so let's actually get into into my notes as i said episode seven i was putting these out i'm trying to get these out like consistently and just as many as I can, just to try and get better, try and figure out the setup. So episode seven, not week seven, but episode seven. I'm supposed to be recording this tomorrow, but you know, bump it up, bump it up a day earlier. First thing on the notes, I, <laughs> so I just, um, I just found out that I could have got a custodial sentence for, for one of the photo shoots that I've just done. So I could have got arrested and, and been charged and ended up in prison for a photo shoot that I've just done and that's that's not a way to to keep going so why was this well basically i work with a company who um who sells knives and i do photo and video for them and this is this is the second time i've taken these outdoors first time was in a private garden so that probably doesn't count but i took eight chef's knives basically on a hike. The idea was that these were going to be, the the photo and video brief was that these were kind of a camping kind of thing. I took these like eight chef's knives out on a hike into the Peak District and I kind of didn't, I didn't really think about it because they're, you know, they're all in the packaging. Like if you'd bought these and you were walking home and you got stopped, 
like that would be a good reason to have these knives. But it seems that my excuse or my reason for having them might not have, have uh, held up if I'd been stopped by the authorities, which is is kind of scary because I'm, I'm sure that if it went to trial, a jury would sort of see that these were in the packaging, although they weren't in the full packaging, they were just in the, the sort of sleeves. They, they, they might have not acquitted me, but, you know, hope that if it had gone to that, but that would have been an absolute fuck up. So I need to, I need to look into that a bit more because if I have to do another one of these shoots, then the, it's one thing transporting them. It's another thing going around the countryside with these knives in your bag. So yeah, that, that's a, an interesting one. Uh, so if anyone uh, listening to this knows anything about knife law, knife laws in the uk let me know i've um i've reached out to a couple of people who do youtube videos about like the law and stuff in the uk so uh, hopefully someone can tell me something whether i would or would not get arrested for this maybe it's worth like giving the police a heads up and just being like hey i'm not a crazy knife killer i'm just taking pictures of them that's uh, that's that the next note i've got here is militia groups and we all just need to talk to each other more i i watched a couple of videos vice i think put them out maybe like over a year ago well over a year ago and they are about militia groups in america there's a couple of different ones the one that stood out to me and i watched the full thing through was about this group who are called the three percenters and basically you know they've got these ideas that that they don't want guns to be taken off them they don't trust the government all this sort of stuff and that's fine kind of i think the trouble we all get into is like anyone from the outside looks at them guys and goes them crazy them guys are crazy and you can't open up a dialogue if that's your initial thought and i think it seems like most of the world, most of Europe, the UK, America, there's this dividing of right and left. I think that's the that's the way, the best way, the easiest way that we can we can kind of differentiate these two groups. And they're not really groups. They're sort of vaguely attached belief systems held together by yeah this this sort of idea of the right and the left and i think the problem is well there's a couple of problems one is that we don't have like a unified enemy and so we're making each other the enemy there's not a lot we can do about that we don't want to introduce a new enemy obviously the the other side of it is it makes us not talk to each other we don't talk to people outside of our viewpoint enough social media can be to blame uh, for this you know we are we are separated we are segregated within our view systems but then that's kind of always been the case we've always been able to reside within our our view systems you know is that the tv that you watch the news channels that you watch the the newspapers that you used to buy the radio stations where you get your news they were all kind of you know separated but it's getting it's getting worse and i think the the things that are dividing us now are really you can kind of look at things in in multiple different ways there's always multiple sides to a story or there's always multiple if there's not sides there's maybe like different different people are hurt depending on how you look at it 
so with you know the black lives matter the people who are against that and it's really kind of hard for me to you know it is hard it's hard for us if we if we stand on one side and our core values exist on one side it's really hard for us to then look at what the other side is and so and you you know if you if you're young white male like myself young probably not that young if you are white male like myself you you run the risk of like the devil's advocate sort of thing that's not what i'm doing i'm trying to look at both i'm not even trying to look at both sides i'm i'm saying that we should talk to each other so that we can see what the other side is because a lot of the time we're just we just don't actually know what the other side is. So the, the Black Lives Matter thing, the people who are against that, from what I can tell, is that they have this view that Black Lives Matter somehow means that their lives don't matter or the police lives don't matter. They see it as an attack on on something that they like hold dear. The the problem with that is the more that they don't listen, the more that we don't listen to each other the more that they don't listen to the people on, you know, the Black Lives Matter side, the side that which, you know, I definitely am on, the more that they don't listen to to us, the more they entrench themselves in this idea that we are against their lives or against white lives or against um, police lives, when that's not the case. No one's, ag- no one's against... But then I was about to be snarky and say no one's against any lives. But then that's kind of what we see. We see that the police are against black lives. You know, they, they, they don't make it easy to not see that. And I was going to be snarky and say that, but that's, that's because I'm on a side. I'm unwilling um, or I'm, I default to not listening to the other side. And so to, the only way around these problems, I think, is to talk more about them. And and that's just a difficult thing to do in general. The thing that I saw after that was, um, was Trevor Noah engaging with people who are, you know, the opposite viewpoint, who have, have the opposite viewpoint to him and the way he the way he deals with that. And he deals with it in really, really interesting ways. He asks questions, he genuinely asks questions, he genuinely is interested, and he doesn't shoot people down. He doesn't take the mick out of people. And when he does, because he does do it sometimes, when he does, he makes sure that that is a downgrade on, on video quality. He manages to he manages to engage with people. And if you don't know who he is, uh, just search for him on YouTube, check him out, and look at the... I think it's the channel, I'll link it below. The channel's called Charisma on Command, I think. And and they did a video on how he talks to people who are, you know, who hold different beliefs to him. Really interesting. And I think that's the only way we can get through this is by by talking to each other, figuring out what I mean, some people are beyond talking on on any side, but I think for the to, to stop the divide happening more, I think dialogue is is the key and I, I don't have the answer for how to do that just the the answer to why we should do that oh so that's yeah so that's one of the the oh no 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 that the next note is uh, is me diving into the charisma on command uh, youtube channel really interesting really interesting stuff about how to how to talk to people how to interview people because as I said in the last podcast, that is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm like building myself up to be 
just a better YouTuber, better presenter, better filmmaker, better, you know, everything. And I did this deep dive of, of looking into how other people who have podcasts, successful podcasts, YouTube channels where they interview people, people like Joe Rogan, people like Sean Evans. I think Sean Evans is the pinnacle for me. I absolutely love that guy. His like, style, his interview style, his delivery, the way he asks questions, the questions he asks. One of the things that really stood out to me as interesting was a way of transitioning off a topic that you don't want to talk about onto a topic that you do want to talk about. And the, the question you ask yourself is, what does this remind me of? So I was thinking about this, how, how you know, you end up in these conversations, especially if you're interviewing people, you're talking to people that are out of your, out of your circle of, of influence or your circle of being influenced. And they will very often have, you know, they'll, they'll want to talk about something that isn't something you want to talk about. It's something you don't have any knowledge of. You, it's not going to be a productive conversation because it's just not something that you you can add to. And this this is obviously going to come up more if you're like interviewing people because you don't want to be interviewing someone. And they, so if I was interviewing someone, they started talking about football, I would be like lost out of my depth don't know what you're you know i i don't know any names i was talking to someone the other day and they they were like oh yeah that's such and such and i don't i don't know who that is uh, it was a footballer because they clarified for me but i should have thought of this question what does this remind me of so someone starts talking about um you know how you know chelsea's doing really well in in their league i know it's a tournament then uh, in their league and they, they start talking about that. And so I go, right, what does this remind me of? But not just what does this remind me of. What does this remind me of that I know that I can talk about that's not going to make them feel like I've dragged the subject away? And so maybe it's, we've, I, I sort of look to what our common, um, common subject matter might be. So they say Chelsea's doing great in the league. I know that they, you know, they're interested in, in filmmaking as well for example and I sort of say do you know who's doing really well in the film you know do you know who's like the top of the league in this and it's you know it's it's sort of parroting back it's mirroring that's that's the other another sort of way to uh, engage people successfully in a in a conversation or an interview mirroring where you you sort of mirror back something to them and I, I quite naturally do that that's something I've done for a long time and I didn't know it's called mirroring but, you know, often you're, you're talking to someone and they'll say, oh, and, and Technics make great speakers. I'm just looking at the speakers behind you. And you'll say, Technics make great speakers. Technics do make. I was just thinking that Technics make amazing speakers. And don't, don't be insincere about it and don't continually do it. But it is a way to, to bolster someone's sort of positive vibes on a, you know, on a topic and, and keep them going, make them make them more inclined to be interested. I'm still looking at this camera when it's new down there, but I'm just going to roll with it. The what does this remind me of? You can use the mirror in a little bit there. Like I just said, you can you can make it, you can make the new topic not seem like you've dragged them off on a tangent by, and, and it's onto something that you can both talk about. So I thought that was really interesting. As I said, I'll link Charisma on command. I think that's what it's called. If I'm, if I'm wrong, the links will be there something about charisma anyway next on to something that 
it's it's more classic sustainability and it's the right to repair and how that is is being challenged at the moment so if you don't know what right to repair is it's the ability for individuals and third parties to repair things like technology iphones laptops cars tractors one of the big right to repair things is i think it's john deere that they make tractors and they make it almost impossible for third parties to repair their tractors so you have to take it to them and they can make it obsolete basically they can do the, the old planned obsolescence thing and they can make it so that that is an uneconomical repair so apple with this guy the new the new macbooks they have they have really cemented the difficulty of of right to repair they everything's soldered to the board and as much as as much as a third you know a third party repair shop that knows what it's doing can desolder stuff where do you buy the parts unless you are an authorized apple retailer where you have to follow their rules you can't buy the parts and there's been plenty of talk about this for for years linus tech tips did a video when they first got their imac pro and they they broke the screen somehow they wanted to pay to have it repaired they just couldn't they couldn't have it repaired for for love no money uh, more recently other people have been talking about it because you know it, apple and and these companies are just making it so much harder to 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 actually repair stuff marquez brownlee just did a video about it um who else just did one i watched a couple of them recently because i've been been interested in it but one of the one of the standout companies in this is fairphone and basically what they are is they're um they're a phone manufacturer who wants to make a phone that can be reused upgraded recycled easily because it's very difficult as much as apple says they will take the phone off your hands and they will they will recycle it it's a very intensive process it's not economical and a lot of stuff ends up in the landfill still anyway because often there's no incentive to take it to to somewhere like apple especially if you're someone like me who hangs onto phones till they are just about hanging on to life at that point it just feels like you should just throw it in the trash so right to repair in the car world and tesla's another one that's sort of challenging this they're making it difficult to repair or have your tesla repaired by someone who isn't a tesla authorized dealer or or repair shop but the traditional car world they they sort of fought this years ago and and lost and that's why you can take your car to a mechanic and and they will sort it out for you it is possible it does exist you know cars aren't you know the, the safety sort of side of it you take your car and that is arguably a lot more likely to you know to cause you injury or or harm than than a, an iPhone that's badly repaired. That's right to repair. There's, there's, if you're interested in it, go look it up because you'll find you kind of get angry at how these companies, they sort of trick you into thinking that actually it shouldn't be repaired. Just, yeah, they just, they're, they're out to make money and, and that's the that's the, the sort of be all and end all of, of that. And that sort of leads me on to the last note more people should know how to do things practically or should they this is really interesting so there's a there's a youtuber so much of what i talk about is like 
gleaned from from YouTube. There's a YouTuber called Bo Miles, and he is um, an adventure filmmaker, for for lack of a better term, or adventure YouTuber. He kind of calls himself now. And what that means is he he plans these adventures and these projects where he makes stuff and does stuff by himself under his own steam. And I really like what he does. I'm actually just in the middle of reading his PhD thesis which is not something you often hear people say about YouTubers, that someone's reading their PhD thesis. I sort of, I've watched all his videos and I went back and watched them all again because I really like his filmmaking style. I like his ethics and his, his outlook. And so after I'd watched all his videos, I thought, I wonder if he's, you know, done any interviews on other people's podcasts. And he has. And he did this, this interview with a fella who asked him, uh, what he thinks about like whether more people should know how to fix stuff and make stuff and just do things practically, and I, uh, for the you know for as long as I can remember, have been someone who thinks that should people should be able to fix stuff and and do things practically, and I expected him to have the exact same view, and he did, but he's a clever guy, and so he kind of came into it with, I do actually think that, but I also want to challenge my own beliefs on that because why should everyone need to know how to you know how to fix a chair why should everyone know how to replace a screen on the phone why should everyone and these aren't his words but this is kind of me elaborating on on his thought why should everyone have to know this we we have been successful as as a society as a whole because people specialize and we wouldn't have got to where we were if we didn't have people specializing even if you did know how to do everything, you don't have the time to grow the grain, mill the grain, bake the bread, sell the bread, and do everything else to uh, harvest the wood, to mill the wood, to turn it into a chair. You don't have the time to raise the sheep, to shear the sheep, to turn it into wool. You don't have the time, even if you knew how to do all these things, you don't have the time to do them. So maybe we shouldn't all know how to do things. I think there's some great, great... Ooh. There's something amazing about doing things practically, about building stuff, about fixing stuff. I always, I've always felt like that. I've always gravitated to, to mending and building as opposed to, you know, buying and, and throwing away. Buying and rebuying. And that's not to say that's a bad thing. I mean, it kind of is, but I'm not... I'm not making a judgment call there, but should everyone know that? Just because I think it's a it's a pinnacle of of you know being a good person is being able to to do stuff with your hands and do stuff practically. Should everyone know how to do that? And and that's a really interesting question. I don't know the answer. I think I do tend towards thinking the world would be a better place if more people understood the practical aspects of the things that are around them. You know why. Why does my chair hold together? Because that sounds really simple, but it's not. Try making a chair. It's a very, very difficult proposition. So, yeah. But does that does that help them in their life? You know, someone who doesn't understand any of these the practicalities about the things that they have in their life, does that make them any worse off? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. And that's it for my notes today. Thank you very much for lending me your ears for... Uh, however long this has been it's in two parts so i can't even see and if you have made it to the end thank you so much i really appreciate your support because you know that's that's 
that's all it's for, really, isn't it? It's um, it's just a it's just a little bit of sound in your ears for your entertainment. I don't think there's anything I don't think there's anything bigger than that happening here, is there? So I uh, I really appreciate I appreciate you, and I will see you in episode eight, where we will talk about things that I am yet to think about. See you next time.